and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Let's get ready to rumble! Hello and welcome to the Butts in the Cinema podcast. What? <laughs> episode one of that, but episode 93 of the Butts in the Seats podcast. He's just premiering that on the fly. I didn't know that's what he was calling this. I think I've actually joked about that before, but you don't remember? No, nah, probably not. Today, we're reviewing the 2000 hit comedy. Hit? <laughs> Ready to rumble. You're going to call this a hit? No, I'm not. You did? <laughs> Hence the uh, apprehension in the voice there choices i'm nick alongside emily as always emily what is it we normally do here (laughs) normally we're taking a week by week look at wcw's nitro through the 90s and the early 2000s and we're watching them just crash and burn what what are we doing today (laughs) today we have decided to watch as nick calls it the 2000s comedy hit Ready to Rumble, starring David Arquette and a slew of WCW superstars. No, no respect for Scott Kahn. Who? So yeah, as mentioned probably way before this episode, we are reviewing Ready to Rumble, the only WCW movie ever. Yeah, and WCW is all over this movie. Like, these kids are excited to go see Nitro, no, said no one ever. Monday Night Nitro, which is not okay, the name who- of the show. Semantics. So, Emily, I have to ask, what did you know about this movie before we watched it? Because I know I tried to avoid you watching it because I just wanted your authentic reaction for this podcast. But what did you actually know going into this? Honestly, not much. I mean, I knew that David Arquette was in it. Um, and you knew David Arquette goes to win the title and all that. But I only know David Arquette because of Friends. Okay, so yeah, I guess that's one, that's, one thing. I only know David Arquette from his cameo appearance in like two episodes of Friends. Maybe not even two. One. I know he marries Courtney Cox at some point. Unfortunately, we can't do my favorite game, which I'm going to pitch to the world here, but um, I've created a game based off IMDb of guessing what is the top four known four films of David Arquette. And and this is according to IMDb. Yes. This is not necessarily the like the true best movies of an actor, but it's what IMDb has pushed forward in the algorithm. So if you want to play this game... The short version is you have seven chances to get the four movies and you can use one of your chances after like the third or fourth one to get co-stars or years or whatever. It's a great game. Won't apply to anybody in this because Emily's not going to know anybody in this. No. But if we were to do the the IMDb game for David Arquette, we would end up with Scream 2 and Scream 3, but not Scream 1, despite the fact that he is in it. Yeah, that's interesting. And I forget if it's one or two. Where him and fellow co-star in this movie, Rose McGowan, play siblings. I think that's two. I don't know. I've only seen Scream 1. I've not seen the other ones. I've definitely... I think I watched Scream 2 with your mom, of all people. Another one of these four, Never Been Kissed, which... Um, I've heard of that. It's like a rom-com. Yes. Features two of my uh, favorite YouTubers. Yeah? Yeah. In background extra roles, you don't even oh. see them. And then Eight-Legged Freaks. Yeah, I don't know that one. Not listed here, You Cannot Kill David Arquette, which we're going to watch and maybe we'll review on the Patreon this and we're going like, to see how, we feel, see how we, we feel about it. That just that just came out, like, recently. 2020. That's more recent than it should be. Yeah. 
But at the very least, I want to wait till we finish the David Arquette arc. Mm-hmm. I was trying to talk Emily into doing the Slammy Awards with David Arquette, and I was like, "Oh, he hosted. Oh no, he had a cameo. Never mind." Why would we do? Why would? Why would we review a Slammy Awards? That seems silly. Because this is the era of Slammy Awards where it's just a raw. That's silly. I don't want to review a Slammy Awards. And our Patreon isn't silly. It's not like that unhinged. We're not just watching random episodes of nothing. Okay. Like we have a like what we watch on the Patreon is rhyme and reason. There is a reason behind what we watch. Legends House Part Three out now. Our other star, which is just because he's not David Arquette, is very much like swept under the rug for better or worse. Is uh, Scott Con? Is did he play Sean? Is that who yes. this is? Okay. He's the son of James Con, who's a much more famous actor. I personally, I know Scott Con mostly from the Ocean's Eleven trilogy. Oh. Was he in that? He plays the brother of Casey Affleck, which is kind of funny that it's like, oh, people with more successful relatives or uh, siblings, but like, oh, yeah. they're like Mormon, tw- like fraternal twins. He's decent. Like, he's good at it. He, Are they in all three? Yeah. I don't remember. I guess I have to watch the Ocean's trilogy again. Oh, no. The, the third kind of main star of this film is Oliver Platt playing Jimmy King, um, who I don't know what you would have seen him yeah, in. Yeah, I know the name. Yeah, it's one of those where, like, like, it's a name you know. I know him from The West Wing, but even then, like, that's not what the main thing I should know him from is. Yeah, I don't know. The Three Musketeers, Lake Placid, Bicentennial Man, and 2012. Nope. I will note that we are potentially stalling on this, because we've not done a movie review before, no. so we don't really know how this is going to go, so. No, we watched the film, and we kind of, like, took notes the way that we would for... A, a nitro or a pay-per-view or Meaning anything like that. I took that. a lot more thorough notes than you. I took sk- pretty thorough notes. I mean, I have about the same amount of notes that I would for a nitro. All right. Well, I guess. Um, I just don't have a lot to say. <laughs> took notes doesn't mean I have a lot to say. Let's get into this. It's Ready to Rumble, released on April 7th, 2000, but premiered on April 5th. I could not find the DDP Jeff Jarrett segment, so. Ah, oh, bummer. I'm going to go ahead and just guess he said... I'm the chosen one. I have all the stroke. And DDP ah. said bang and wrestled him. Bada bang, please. Sure. Emily, do you want to guess the budget on this movie? <sighs> Too much, probably. $24 million. Yeah, that sounds right. Which, I mean, for the time, that's... That's a, you know. That's too much money. Yeah. I mean, we're not, it's not Lord of the Rings territory, but. It's still too much money. Emily, $24 million budget in terms of the actual film, not advertising, or anything like that. What is the box office for this film? Ooh. How much money did it make? I'm going to guess under 50. <laughs> yep. Under 30? Yep. Under 20? Yep. Under 10. No. Okay. Okay. I knew there had to be a breaking point. <laughs> this movie did Did lose. not profit. Yeah. It did lose cool. money. <laughs> Again, not counting advertising in the budget. Cool. So what? 20? 21. 12 and a half. Fuck. <laughs> well, that sucks. Uh, has a 5.3 on IMDb, which I... Do you think that's too high? I think that's appropriate. I'd, I'd say it's appropriate, especially for the time. Yeah. IMDb is a weird one where it's like, there's like three movies that are a nine or higher in terms of like cumulative score. Yeah. Meanwhile, in Rotten Tomatoes, everything is either incredible or garbage. Nowadays, according to the audience, everything's incredible. Yeah. Which is a conspiracy theory I have, but I we don't have the time for it. It's bots. Yeah. It's bots. Uh, this movie has a 23% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. I want to say audience. It's, it's above 50, It's but it's like just above. And I'm sure all of those comments are like, if you just like enjoy movies, you'll love this. No, they're, <laughs> they're probably 
Oh, like, David, if you're just here for a good time. No, it's probably all David Arquette, best WWE champion. It's just people who just, you know, just didn't even didn't watch, watch the movie. Didn't watch the movie. So today's film is directed by Brian Robbins. Yeah, I know. Household name. Wouldn't you know him? You're saying this as if I'm supposed to have a response. Before this, he directed the Good Burger movie. That was probably oh. the biggest thing he did. But after this movie, it's a rough go. He directed the 2006 movie, The Shaggy Dog, not to be confused with The Shaggy no. DA. He directed Shaggy Dog. Yes. The, is that Tim Allen? Really? Yeah. yeah. Norbit. No, hold on. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if you have not watched The Shaggy DA. No, you don't need to watch the movie. You need to watch the preview you clip. You must watch Just the, the preview Disney clip. Plus preview clip. We refuse to watch the movie. You must watch this preview clip. It is gold. (laughs) It is, to quote Martin Scorsese, cinema. It is absolute high art. (laughs) Anyway, yeah. He also directed Norbit. Wow. Oof. Meet Dave, another Eddie Murphy film. God, Eddie Murphy does not do good movies. And a movie I had no idea was as bad as it was. A Thousand Words. Which is one of the rare movies to get a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. So we're in good hands is what you're saying. Yeah. I think there's like, I think literally there's like 24 movies in history to get a zero. My guy. This movie's also written by Stephen Brill. Who... Again, wrote- you're, ta- you're stopping yeah. as if I'm supposed to say something to that. Like, I don't know writers. What? He wrote the Mighty Ducks trilogy. Great. And then right after this, he wrote the movie Little Nicky, which almost killed Adam Sandler's career. Okay. And he didn't write anything else post this and Little Nicky until 2014, where he wrote Walk of Shame, starring Elizabeth Banks, which I apparently it's not all that good, but it's not, you know, an absolute train wreck. Don't remember it at all. Uh, but spent most of the last several years just directing a handful of bad Happy Madison movies. Oh. The best one of which, and I say that lightly, is I remember liking Mr. Deeds when I was younger, but even that has a lot of the yeah. um, shit humor not to be confused with poop humor. Yeah, it was not up my alley of movie viewing. Yeah. So not we're, that was we're on in radar. super capable hands here. Definitely. We're doing great. Emily, you want to get into the actual movie itself? Uh, sure. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. I'm sorry, my hopes are not high. Like, my, my morale is low. Movie comes to you by Warner Brothers Pictures, which DDP felt the need to brag about on the last Nitro. Did he? Yeah. He's oh. like, it's a Warner Brothers picture. Okay. They make some shit, DDP. You know that. And then Bel Air Entertainment, which I never heard of before. We open with various wrestling still photos. You recognized a couple of the people in here. Yeah. And I, I clocked there was Sid, um, Bam Bam Bigelow, Goldberg. Oh, I can't remember who else was in there. There's a, there's a handful of known names in there. But, Bruno um, San Martino. Yeah, so we get a voiceover from Scott Kahn, whose character's name is Sean. He is going. He's talking about all like the legends of the business and p- putting over the business as a whole. And he's going through everybody. And then he, at the end, he's like, and of course, Hulk Hogan. It's like, motherfucker. 
Stay out of this, Terry. Yeah, he's not. He doesn't really get a lot of name drops in this film, which is great. I think at a certain point it would just draw attention to the fact that he's not in it. I mean, Sid gets a lot of talk, and he's barely in it. Keep in mind, this was filmed the previous fall. Yes. So there is a sweet spot where this was filmed because Eric Bischoff was supposed to be in this movie and he's not. Right. Yeah, it's somewhere around September, October. Sid is not the big deal he is in March. No, and he's played as like a as a jester basically later on in the film with Perry Saturn. Jester's relative. He's a fucking nameless goon, basically. Goon. Yeah. I mean, he's a joke. Well, yeah, we'll get there. We then cut to live action where Sean is putting over his hero, the WCW champion, Jimmy King, to two random children. They're just hanging out outside, listening to this full-ass adult talk about his childhood hero. Apparently, Jimmy King has the longest winning streak in professional wrestling. One, Goldberg is in this movie. Also, too, they just mentioned Bruno San Martino, who didn't he hold a pretty long record for, like, title run? He had the title run, about undefeated. But they did show Andre the Giant, who, yeah, yeah like, he's the longest undefeated streak. And I'm like, he's in the same company as Goldberg, who, you know, the timeline, like, has won the WWE title? Maybe right. not? I don't, like, you filmed this in late 99. It's like, not like you filmed it in 97, right. where it's like, he no, might be a star. Yet. So, we're in a weird alternate universe here. We're in a multiverse, actually. So they're outside like a gas station or some convenience store. Oh, okay. That's a different thing for me from the Northeast. There is a pan to the sign that says stop and shop. Yeah, in in New Jersey, stop and shop. It's a grocery store. Okay, fun fact. No, it's like a a gas station quick mart. Some random dickhead cashier just comes out and calls them Marks, basically. Uh, Played by Ahmed Zappa. Any relation to Frank Zappa? Yes, he is. He's the son of Frank Zappa. There you go. Yeah, and then the cashier, like, throws the kids' bikes at him, like, told you to stop parking them up here. It's like, dude, chill. In case you haven't learned, this is a villain. Yeah, he's the heel of our opening scene. I did write scene numbers at one point. I'm like, I'm not sticking to that. Do not. Scenes are relative here. Shit's on the kids. Shit's on wrestling. We then get our second lead, David Arquette playing Gordy. He enters a trance. So we get a dream sequence. He is going to get another uh, purple slushy. And he's one cent short, Emily. What a shame. Wow. We get some weird Dutch angles here to, like, put over the intensity. Yeah. And the cashier makes the hot tag to the macho man, Randy Savage. Like, wait, what? And suddenly, we have a match. Match number one. Oh, my God. It's macho man Randy Savage versus Gordy. (laughs) Cool. The Nitro Girls are also here at some point. Yes, they show up at the very end. Like, only three of them. So, oh, but Gorgeous George is here. Yes, I actually forgot about Gorgeous George. Yeah. Like, entirely. I had to, like, really think about who that blonde woman was with Randy Savage. Yeah, there's, there's a sudden ring in the middle of the of the convenience store. Kind of a cool setup there. Gordy makes the hot tag to Jimmy King, played by Oliver Platt. Some kind of generic in-ring action trying to simulate a match. Gordy gets thrown to the outside and then smashes his head through one of the glass doors to not psych himself up. Hmm. Oh, was that a psych himself up move? Yeah, he smashes his own head through it. Oh, I thought he got thrown into it. No, that's a... Oh, okay. CTE who? Okay. Through circumstances, Gordy gets the pin on the cashier in this... It's a fantasy. Yeah, dream sequence match. It's a fantasy. Snap back to real time. Gordy blames the dream on some brain freeze. And it's like, oh, I thought you were going to share that that slushie with me. 
I'll get another one. And then uh, Gordy sticks his hand up his asshole. This is... A, okay, I actually did kind of laugh in this, this scene. This is kind of funny. So he, Gordy sticks his finger up his butt, kind of, and like it gets called out in the scene, like, are you fucking hand in your ass? Like, what are you doing? He goes up to the cashier and hands over the slushie and is like, something's wrong with the slushie. It smells like it's gone bad. And he has the finger that was in his asshole... Like, there's no other, like, nice way to say that. Well, At the, like, this, the, the spot where he's having the cashier smell, he's like, yeah, it smells like shit, doesn't it? And the cashier's like, oh, fuck, yeah, that really does. Yeah, Let the, me get you a new slushie. The it's prob- kind of funny. The problem is, he does that, and the joke keeps going for about 20 more it, seconds. It goes too long, but it's a funny joke. Also, I've seen Mallrats and seen the... Uh, the you uh, watched cho- Mallrats? I like Mallrats. Oh, I'm thinking of Paul Bart Mallcott. I've seen the chocolate pretzel scene of that, which is I've like, also not basically seen stolen from. Who's that filmmaker? Kevin Smith. Yeah, I don't well, like him. Because <laughs> he did he did Clerks, right? Yeah. I'm not into Clerks. Yeah, Clerks is not age as well as I thought I did. No. And then I dr- dragged you to Clerks, Clerks 3. Two. No, Clerks 3, you're right, yeah. Yeah, you haven't yep. even seen the donkey show. I watched Clerks 2. Did we? Yeah. You made me watch Clerks 1 and 2 to prepare me for 3. And you still married me. Jesus. You were desperate. I can leave you just as quick. So he gets a free slushie. And outside, a cop pulls up, bends, bends Sean over the cop car, and grabs his balls. Yeah, this was a very weird scene. And then it was revealed that he's one of their dads. He's Gordy's dad. Yeah, he's Gordy's dad. It was just a very strange scene. Like, why is this so aggressive? Gordy's dad wants him to be a cop, finds a wrestling magazine. And I think in our cringiest moment Ugh. of the film, the dad goes, wrestling's fake. Like, really put on. And you know what? I'm going to fucking splice it because I don't want to attempt to replicate it. Yeah, no, do not. Ooh. Wrestling's not fake! There's a lot of cringy moments in this movie. Yeah, like... This movie was not. Gordy is a problematic character because of the word you'd use to describe him in the year 2000, probably up until 2008, is a word he can't use anymore. Correct. So We've been calling him a man-child. Man-child... Or just a fucking idiot. That too. Or really, both of them, but more so Gordy. Fuck you. You know what? We did this whole review as Kevin Nash, just fucking Mark. What are you doing, Mark? But like the worst kind of Mark. Yeah. Like we've been to wrestling shows and we've met wrestling fans and 90% of them are awesome people. Like we've met some great people. Oh yeah. And I think even most Marks would be like, yeah, it's it's fake. Yeah. Then again, I've seen Dana Brooke stands on Twitter and I don't know that Exactly. Like there, there is I a I don't line. know why Dana Brooke is the one that I'm like, yeah, why is this the one, why is this the hill you, you will all die on? There is a line. But like 90% of wrestling fans are just cool people that are just enjoying a show. So we move on to the next day. Emily, we find out what our uh, our hero's jobs are. What is it? They are like, they're not plumbers, but they're like porta potty flushers. They're, they're just sewage workers. Sewage workers, I guess. Their whole job revolves around porta potties. It revolves around shit, specifically yeah. poop. Okay. Remember that, because that's half the jokes in this movie. But you said we jumped to the next day, jarringly. So they leave the stop and shop parking lot and like it cuts to the next scene where they see are seemingly having the same conversation that they were having the night before in the same car. Just now it's, it's daytime. Fucking Dark Knight Rises levels of uh, jumping around time. It's like they just drove all night or they had a little sleepover. It should be noted that it is established later that Gordy is a virgin. I don't know if Sean is, but... Yeah, and that's only that only matters to bring up because it comes up later. Yeah. Which, like, how old are these two meant to be? I guess we never really got an answer on that. I don't know. Mid-20s? I don't know, but... 
too old, man. Yeah. Part of this movie might have worked if it had been like a kids movie. Yeah. If this was marketed towards children, if this was like a made for Nickelodeon movie, yeah. then yeah, of, probably. like kids being like, Jimmy King, you're a hero. You got to come back. It's like. Yeah. yeah. If these kids were like 13, 14 year olds, perfect. Yeah. Who don't great. know wrestling to work. Yeah. This would be great. Not adults who should know these, better. These are like mid-20s, like full-ass adults living with their parents, full jobs. You're like, wrestling's not fake. For the record, David Arquette is 28 when filming this. Jeez. It's like our age. Imagine us being this guy. This is too much. I would not have married you if you had this level of attitude. So the two would just establish themselves as fucking marks of like, oh no, like Jimmy King couldn't possibly lose. He's unstoppable. He's the best. But like the rest of the neighborhood or the rest of this, the town also seems to share this sentiment. It's it, wild. It, like kayfabe is a weird thing in this movie. So they set it up to where they're going around the town and they're like talking to the, the fast food workers and their neighbors. And oh, like we'll get people. to the fast food team. But Everybody in this town watches wrestling, watches the same show every week, and cheers for the same guy. So, relatedly, what? they're from Cody, Wyoming. Yes. You know who's from Cody, Wyoming? Who? Eric Bischoff. Oh, so you're telling me he was supposed to be in this movie? Wow. <laughs> well, we'll get to that. because the, the, uh, There's some certain characters who are clearly meant to be inspired by other people, and holy shit, that one is not subtle. But they hype up tonight's Monday Night Nitro. Again, never been called that. As they work with shit. It's like, look at these dumb idiots who like wrestling and work with shit all day. Yeah. Like, it's like only unintelligent people can like wrestling. Like, you but you're think, also like, this is a WCW this movie. movie. This is a WCW like sponsored movie, right? Yeah. What are they saying about their own fans? Yeah. No, it just blew my mind that the entire town watched this one show. Like, yeah. hey, you gotta watch Jimmy King beat whatever the fuck tonight? Like, well, who the fuck is... Really? Well, it's no one is not watching this? Well, it's a mix of, they're either entirely into it, or they just make fun of our main characters. Cause it's mostly the former. They sort out some porta-potties, they do a scene where Sean's gonna like take a dump, and he makes Gordy promise not to prank him when he takes a shit. And of course he does. Gordy crosses his fingers, and then sucks the porta-potty with Sean inside, with a hose, not like by mouth or anything weird. Um, yeah, you said that in a really weird way. Yeah, I didn't mean to. And then Sean hits a suplex on Gordy in retaliation. Cool. In the next scene, they go to get some fast food from, um, I guess, clearly no fast food place. Offered to uh, give money to this movie. because no. This is like a McDonald's whatever. Yeah, where Sean has a crush on Brittany. Gordy sucks. Yeah, Gordy's, Gordy's awful. It's like, what do you want? I want the Brittany sauce. Like, he's fucking like 11. Yeah, he he's honestly a man child. He he acts like he's thirteen at best. I don't know. I know thirteen year olds is more maturity, right? I mean, it's really pathetic. Yeah. So Sean has a crush on Brittany. Gordy's annoying about it, and uh, Wendy, which I don't know if that was meant to be funny or not. I don't think so. Who also works at at the fast food place is in love with Sean. Yeah, but again, both of these pseudo hot girls watch wrestling. No, Brittany doesn't. Does she not? No, Brit. Brittany had they had the line of like, would two losers have tickets to Nitro? And Brittany goes, yes. And it's like, once again, who is who is this movie for? Just shitting but, your no, fans, Wendy man. is on, Wendy would listen to our podcast. Yeah. But uh, Sean won't date Wendy because she's too much like one of the guys. Which they really do not do a good job of establishing. No. To be fair, that's why I won't date you. Why the fuck did you marry me then? What? But they, just, they don't establish that she's one of the guys. So that line really came out of nowhere. Because she just seems like a girl that works at this shop that's like with the other girl that he likes. Well, Emily, you, you know the 
classic film thing of tell don't show sure yeah. oh yeah that's what they teach us day one in all of our film classes yeah. tell don't show absolutely you know why the more show exposition so- the better why show something in 10 seconds when a five minute conversation can do the same thing absolutely like i said i was also a film major sean and gordy eat burgers on the back of the truck while shit leaks out of it yeah this was disgusting yeah. Of all, okay, but and Emily, like, poop. no, isn't it funny? You're, this wasn't even this wasn't even played for laughs. It was meant to be funny, like passively. They were sitting on the back of the truck, and it wasn't even like poop was like flushing out of the tailpipe or something. It wasn't beneath them. It was between them. It was beneath me. It was between their two of their faces, dripping sewage while they're eating burgers. I'm like, why the fuck would you sit there? Because they're idiots and they like wrestling and they're dumb because they like. like I'm starting to feel like, like I'm dumb for liking wrestling. Sean made friendship bracelets. Again, I'm trying to feel like I'm dumb for watching wrestling. With WWKD. Emily, what's that stand for? What would King do? Jesus, guys. No pun intended, but Jesus, guys. Yeah, it's Jesus. What would Jesus do? God. We then see them visit an old lady, and she says a bad word. Old lady, edgy, wow. And she wants a really tight t-shirt. She was in Scrubs. That's the only reason I know this old lady. She's in a lot of stuff. She's just like market herself as old lady character and she's great never gets your work i love her you know what i i don't blame her i blame the script oh yeah no the script's garbage yeah. but she's great no people gotta make a living <laughs> but again this old lady watches wrestling and to the point where she wants them to get her a t-shirt when they go to the show yeah like everyone in this town watches nitro oh not, not even just wrestling everyone in this town watches nitro by the way we'll get to that in a later scene of how over wrestling is in this town. Not wrestling. Oh, yeah, Nitro. Nitro. No or, one's talking really about just Raw. King. Yeah. No one's talking about WWE. No one's talking about any I'm, other. Sorry. Emily, what? There's no other oh, company. Yeah. D- w. What? I don't There's understand. There's no other company. Like, they are just talking about Nitro that has been established as, like, WCW Monday Night Nitro. Like, we watch this fucking shit. This is garbage. And that's the only thing that people are watching in this town? Which. Um, the lack of another company does create a little bit of a plot hole in this movie. Does it? We'll talk about it more when it happens, but okay. yes. So they're going to go to Nitro tonight in Cheyenne, but uh, first Gordy gets guns pointed at him at his house by his family. I'm like, yeah, Jesus. They so, do a really good job of portraying the police in this movie. Yeah, very accurate portrayal. Oh, yeah. So yeah, his, uh, his mom, his dad, and his sister are all cops. He walks in the room and immediately weapons drawn, fucking, you know, no safeties. Yeah. And it's like, your sister shot her shot her first perp today. It's like, wow, okay. Congrats. Police violence. It's great. Yeah. We love well, a lot of this a lot of this movie doesn't age well. I was not ready for um This is probably the part that ages the worst. Of like, <laughs> Congratulations, you shot your first perp. Like yeah. we shouldn't be praising that. I did not know when my own worst enemy kicks in, but I think this is one of those moments because that song hits about four times in this it's, movie. It's a bop every time. Like that's a great song. But we head to WCW Monday Night Nitro. Our opening match. Rey Mysterio Jr. and Billy Kidman versus Prince Iakea and Juventud Guerrera. No matter how many times I asked him not to, Nick does have play-by-play for these matches. I don't have it for this one. The only oh, note I have wow. for this match is, um, this is the match where Rey Mysterio hurts his knee, and that's why he's still it's out. not fucking worth it, Because they man. made him do, like, 17 Hurricane Ranas for different takes and it angles, and not he got hurt. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know who wins this match. Yeah, I did not take notes on this match because it's it's intercut between um, the match and Gordy and Sean complaining about Uncle Billy, Uncle. who who gave them their tickets and they're like sitting under a crossbeam. Yeah, they got they got bad seats. Yeah. Oh no. 
It's like, Uncle Billy sucks. Hey, Uncle Billy lost his right nut in Nam. We'll kick him in his left nut when you see him. Jesus Christ. Which, like, that's a decent line. And then they're like, well, if you only have one left, is it your left nut? See, like, that that was kind of not a bad line. Like, it was kind of funny. Well, I feel like the joke would be, is your left nut? Well, it's the only one left. That's the joke. I, I guess. Yeah, and then they're like, all right, we'll just go down to floor seats instead. And I'm like, why didn't you already do that? Right. They they came up with a solution to just, like, sneak into better seats, like, way too late. By the way, Emily, I, I do want to note, I glanced. Emphasis on glanced. This is the last appearance of this Nitro set. Our next Nitro is the reboot, and they have a new set. I don't really make note of the sets. And I did notice that the set in this movie was different than the set than we have. The ramp is incredibly different. Well, I think it's because people can't slip. They want people to slip on this one. That's kind of the big point. That is the big yeah. focal point of the quote unquote set. Yeah, it's not really a set. But the big Starburst logo being the set is now will be, will be gone upon the next show. Okay. It, it's a lot more WWF looking. Okay. I don't I don't think of the Starburst logo as a set. I think of that as the logo. Or like the, you know, like the, the stage with like the sliding opening with the screens and all that. And okay. I'll take your word for it. Yeah, this is the last appearance of that. Okay. Or this this movie, because we do see it a little bit later. Darn what or, a shame. I'll miss yeah, it. I know. Don't even remember it to, rem- to miss it. We cut backstage. Titus Sinclair, an Eric Bischoff type. Yeah, he's just like a backstage <laughs> booker kind of guy. Played by Joe Pantoliano, or I think it was, I heard it from OSW, it's been coined, played by Joey Pants, <laughs> which I, I've not been able to keep out of my head. Joey Pants. So, Tiny Sinclair doing his best Eric Bischoff, kind of. He's doing his best Eric, Eric Bischoff. Presence, but. But he's, he's like, looking like. He's not like, doing an impression. No, he's not doing an impression. He's doing the Eric Bischoff presence while looking kind of like Shawn Michaels meets Triple H. Oh, yeah, very like, Commissioner Shawn Michaels. Yeah. Well, it's also being Joe Pantoliano. It's just he has the long hair, and then he's wearing, like, the teeny tiny sunglasses that I attribute to Triple H for some reason. The, like, little beady sunglasses. Yeah, I don't think those mean Triple H. I don't know why, but in my head, those are very Triple H. Apparently, Jimmy King is late for the show, so Goldberg has to, like, receive the, the finish in his stead. Wow, what he, Goldberg bitch. is Jimmy King's bannerman. <laughs> yeah, what do you think the finish is? You know, King's going over with the pile driver. And then Sinclair pulls DDP aside. And I think, no, tonight's your night. It's the Montreal screw job, Emily. What? No way. I love, I looked up like the IMDb trivia of this. It's like, this scene is inspired by the Montreal screw job. I what? Don't know this. It's like, yeah. No kidding. <laughs> Who would have fucking thought that wasn't obvious or anything? Let's go to the ring. Mean Gene is our ring announcer for some reason. Because he had to be in this movie for, you know, 30 well, we seconds. can do Dave Penzer. No. But again, we couldn't understand if it was Dave Penzer. It's like, oh, wait, wait. Well, so would you know Dave Penzer by looking at him? Yes. You I, would? I would, actually. I don't I would, you. but. I don't believe you. He is very generic looking. Uh, we get Mike Tanay and a mannequin of Tony Schiavone on commentary. Because <laughs> Jesus Christ, the man has nothing to say yeah. through most of this Tony movie. Schiavone is here for a paycheck and, and he, nothing else. He's just sitting there. He's smiling. Yeah. He's here. Can't say anything else. Tonight's main event, Diamond Dallas Page versus WWE Champion Jimmy King. And I don't know about you, but like how over Jimmy King is in the universe of this world. I don't get it. No, he's not. He's He doesn't look the part. He doesn't act the part. He doesn't have the right gimmick. Like he, he would not be over in actual wrestling. Yeah. So he is a very generic King gimmick, which 
I, I guess this is the best point of, of any of them now that we're seeing him for the first time. Jimmy King is inspired on a handful of wrestlers. I, I did ask Emily to kind of note, like, who do you think Jimmy King is based on? Like, what, like, amalgamation of people? I'm curious what you ended up with. I have six. You have six? Okay. Yes. So, King, Jerry Lawler. Okay, yeah. That was Easy. one I, yeah. This is a screw job, Bret Hart. Very obviously Bret Hart. Yeah, I think there's taking that moment more than this is meant to be. Jimmy King is like a, a Bret Hart allegory kind of thing. Uh, I got Goldberg. The streak, okay, yeah. Yeah, The Rock for the spectacle. A bit of a stretch, but I'll hear it. I also wrote down Undertaker. I don't know if I believe. I don't think I agree with that one anymore. Okay, I I, I feel like you're missing one or two obvious ones. What do you think I'm missing? Who do you, do you have a last one? Bruno San Martino, but like. Oh, this is Ric Flair. Oh, I did not get Ric Flair at all. Oh, this is a hundred percent meant to be Ric Flair. I didn't get Ric Flair out of this. Ric Flair, who the who in '98 got kicked out of the company by Eric Bischoff, had to work his way back, fight his child. Oh, this is meant to a thousand percent be Ric Flair. I didn't get Ric Flair. Multiple ex wives, multiple nope. kids. This is meant to be Ric Flair. Didn't get Ric Flair for wow. a second. I get Brett more than I get Ric Flair. Oh yeah, they're they're a thousand. The disgruntled employee that's like being forced to come back, like. I don't get I don't get Ric Flair out of this in the slightest. Oh, they're really going for that. I they're not they're they're failing. Or they're succeeding because it's you know it's his own. Character. If they're trying to make me think of Ric Flair, they're failing. If they're trying to make Jimmy King his own character, they're succeeding. Yeah, they're, they're trying to pull from a lot of things. Then they're if they're pulling from Ric Flair, they're failing. That's that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy King's posse is Conan, Perry Saturn, and Kurt Hennig. Have not seen Conan or Perry Saturn in a minute, so it's kind of nice to see Perry Saturn. Well, again. Perry Saturn's gone from the company, so like, yeah, that, that wouldn't make sense that you haven't seen. It yeah, was nice uh, to see Conan Perry again. is still suspended. I don't know. It was just nice to see Perry Saturn again. It was just kind of like a blast from the past. Like, oh shit, you, I miss you. Yeah, but in terms of a King's Court kind of thing, it's like weird, weird trio to have for that. Yeah, and I guess this was trying to be the like Four Horsemen. I don't even know, but yeah, I was trying to think what's royal about Conan, Perry Saturn, and Kurt Hedick. One of the royal people was going to be Terry Funk, but he ended up uh, calling out at the shoot that day. He had to call the director and be like, my horse is sick. I think he's dying. He's royal because he has a horse. So the the match that he called out of, he was supposed to be like like a royal like knight kind of thing. Oh, okay. I might be merging my Survivor Series, but I think that one was uh, Shawn Michaels because that's the one where King was under arrest. Uh, and so he couldn't be there. As far as the like posse upkeeping with the gimmick, oh, no, that it, doesn't yeah. happen. In wrestling, that doesn't happen. Like, the faction does not all adhere to the same gimmick just because they're royal. Like, just because they're in the royal court does not mean they're all coming out as kings. They don't have to have a royal gimmick to be in the royal court. Sir Mo would be rolling in his grave, but he's still alive. I don't even know who that is. I know. Let's move on. Uh, DDP has his own group of Bam Bam Bigelow. Makes sense. My boy. Sid. Bit of a stretch. And Van Hammer. How the fuck did you get this paycheck? I I didn't even recognize Van Hammer. I, it had been so long since we'd seen him. Yeah, what the like? What, how did Van Hammer get this role? What the f- we will see Van Hammer multiple times again in in our timeline. I'll have to like reintroduce myself to him when he gets back into our timeline because I don't know anything about him. He he will get a new name. That's not going to be helpful. Yeah, I know. So Jimmy King comes out of the ring, cuts a promo, and almost immediately starts rapping. Oh no. Like, you're telling me that this is Ric Flair. No. <laughs> I, I, I'm telling you, I've had a really hard time finding Ric Flair you're in this man. You're telling me it's Bret Hart? More Bret Hart than Ric Flair. Bret Hart will rap before Ric Flair. Yes. 
<laughs> you know what? We have not done a Twitter poll ever. I think that might need to be one. Yes. <laughs> of who would rap first. I think Ric Flair. Especially Absolutely in not. Especially having, having, having him appear in AEW, I think he would rap first. No, absolutely not. But also it's like, oh, this is like the biggest baby face ever. And he's just cringe rapping. I'm like, you're telling me this guy is the most over thing in wrestling. Titus Sinclair comes out, basically tells Jimmy King to his face that he's going to screw him. Yeah. <laughs> what? Because that's how the Montreal screw job went down. Yeah. Here, Vader did warn Brett, like, I think something might, something shitty might happen here. Yeah, but Vince McMahon didn't go up to Bret Hart and be like, I'm going to make your kids cry. Like, well, according, according to Hulk Hogan, it was WrestleMania 16 or 17. According the, to Hulk Hogan. The crowd was trading Brett screwed Brett. According to Hulk Hogan, WCW and WWE shook hands and amicably went together in the 90s. Like He saw Eric Bischoff hug Vince McMahon in 2003 and was like, well, there was never a war, bro. Exactly. Match starts, the two chain wrestle, and openly talk about spots. So it's like, okay, wrestling yeah. is a work. I liked this. I thought this oh, was a great spot. But, like, that's Im- it is important to establish, because it's one of those things, like, in a wrestling movie, it's like, okay, like, no holds barred. Wrestling is real. Like, all the fighting, it's real. The wrestler, it's a work. Mm-hmm. Here, it's like, okay, cool. It's, it's a work. work. Yeah. It's, it's very real to, like, what would actually happen in a ring. Yeah. I think that's great. DDP then suddenly decks King after a kind of nod to Sinclair and immediately Sean and Gordy like something's wrong, which one means that they either have like this amazing premonition or two, every Jimmy King match has been a squash. Mm. I was like, just I was just thinking that like every match that Jimmy King does is incredibly choreographed. To the point where, like, they know exactly what move should be coming next. And when one move is not next, they're like, something's wrong. But again, he's the most overface in the yeah. company. It's like, he got hit, like, once. Like, something's wrong. It's like, he got hit. Yeah. Or The only other thing is, like, are they that much of a mark where it's like, he's not winning for a second. The match has gone wrong. I mean, maybe. Yeah. That's, that's actually We possible. can't rule that out. That's the problem. So, DDP just beats the shit out of Jimmy King, like, for real in the... Quote unquote for real. Yeah. Including DDP catapulting King, which is a move you have to cooperate for <laughs> over the ropes to the floor through a table. I, oh, oh, we should note um, the stunt doubles for two of the people here. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jimmy King's stunt double is Canyon, which is why he got the Hollywood. Who better? I recently found out David Arquette's stunt double at various points is the Hurricane. <gasps> My boy. Jimmy King then hits a chair shot. DQ. Oh, there's a lot of DQ question mark in this match. And then goes up top for the crown. By the way, the biggest baby face of the company, his finisher is a top rope axe handle. Is that, I, Look, I know Billy Kidman can't do it properly, but it's no shooting star press. Yeah, well. DDP counters the crown and then signals the diamond cutter, but the king hits a low blow. Once again, DQ. DDP's goons run out and Sid power bombs king, and then we get a double diamond cutter, which I'm like, oh, yeah. I, DQ? Well, the, the rough is down for this point. Is he? Yeah, he gets bumped. It's no. Charles Robinson. He gets bumped for something. Made of glass. Yeah. All reps are glass. But no, we get we get Bam Bam DDP, like, double-assisted diamond cutter. I'm like, okay, cool. Actual move you broke out there. Yeah. We then get the King's posse running out, and they immediately turn on him. They, oh, okay. It feels like most of the company turned heel right here. Yeah, and I don't really understand why. So we get four men going up top. I did not know which four men. And but they called it a four-post massacre. Yeah, Sean and Gordy are losing their shit. Like, oh my god, we've seen this all before. Like, I've never seen this in wrestling once. It is kind of a cool move, but it's incredibly difficult to probably do properly. It is 
two diving splashes and two diving headbutts all simultaneously. Onto the same target. Yeah, called a four-post massacre. Admittedly, if you could do it, like, that's an impressive fucking yeah. move. The fact that he pulled it off for the movie, I mean, it looks they cool. still did do it, yeah. Like, the good spot. I wonder if there was any movie magic that happened with that. Where they just kind of, like, altered it so, like... The perspective looked like they all landed in the same spot, and but they, they no, they they showed it in a wide. I mean, the only thing I'd say is maybe speeding up a, a, an in between thing, but even then, like know. they laid it pretty simultaneously. They pulled it off. Wonder who's one of like you get. We're we're doing one take because this is fucking dangerous as shit. They get Charles Robinson getting thrown into the ring. He counts the pin. Yeah, and why I'm... did he count the fucking pin? <laughs> I don't know, man. That's where I, I was like, I guess this is true to source material because Charles Robinson's a fucky ref. New WWE champion, three time, three time, three time. Except in the story, it's his first time. Right. It's DDP. Titus Sinclair then grabs a mic and is like, "Well, he's gone now forever. Like that was never established. You will never see this man again. He's basically fired." And he does. He does pull a Bret Hart here. I don't know if you noticed this. He does it multiple times throughout the movie. He will never fight for the WCW again. Oh, I did not catch that. Yeah. So Jimmy King has been exiled, and he asks, why? Titus Sinclair's line, why? Why not? Why not? I'm done with you. Because I can. I don't want to play with you anymore. Yeah, they never really actually gave a valid reasoning <laughs> well, why they turned on Jimmy King. The The reason is because he's a drunk prima donna who shows up late. Like, But they, didn't again, didn't really establish that. No, they, again, they told you verbally. Yes, and exactly. Like never, I mean, the fact that he didn't show up at the start of the show... But, but he still showed up on time for his match. Yeah, the fact that if you watch wrestling, you know people show up in the middle of the show all the fucking right. time. I think it'd be too much of a meta joke, but I'd love someone to lose a match by forfeit because they showed up late. I don't think they've. Yeah. I, I don't know if they've ever done that in wrestling before. They should. Consequences. So Jimmy King has been screwed out of WCW, and Jimmy screwed Jimmy. And, and like I mentioned earlier, I guess it's important that WWF doesn't exist in this movie. He's. The biggest star in wrestling with an undefeated streak. Why would he not just go to WWF? Because it would be too obvious if he looked at the camera and like wrote out the WWF. No one, no one would ever do that. <laughs> no, and I did kind of think that too when he like later on in the movie when he's so disheveled and has nowhere to be. Like no one called him. Nobody picked him up. Everyone was just like, oh, we're all agreeing that this guy's bad. Okay, what? Pretending Paul Heyman doesn't exist and isn't a crazy right. motherfucker. Right. This is why monopolies are bad, kids. It's a cautionary tale of movie, actually. <laughs> so post-show, Gordy and Sean just start bawling their eyes out in their truck. You know, as grown-ass adults do. Yeah. Like, no, don't get me wrong. Nick and I have gone to shows and we have both had, like, visceral emotional reactions to matches, to finishes. The, the closest I could compare us was... After WrestleMania 39. Yeah. That, like, absolutely. That, that's the most thing close we got to this. I'm just like, but we were not weeping. Yeah. We did not sob. Like, it's frustrating. And it sucks. Yeah. But it's fake. Our issue was, was with the storytelling and not... Right. Mm. Right. Like, me, make I love. You so me, you fear me. Like, yeah. No. I say that as somebody who laughed at the end of Infinity War. See, you're just sick for that. They were all coming back. You're just sick for that. <laughs> you are not fucking, right for that. Oh, like they didn't announce all these fucking sequels. Everyone's Actually, crying that was all a fucking the theater cover story. and you're laughing. You're a psychopath. <laughs> you're laughing. All these people are dead and you're laughing. Yes. You're a <laughs> psychopath. Pretending it's not funny. You're not right for that. You can laugh at Star Wars. That's fine. 
You're allowed to laugh at what was that? Um, Return of the fucking Jedi. I don't no, know. I, Last Jedi. Last Jedi. <laughs> fucking Mary Poppins scene. Yeah, I busted my ass. Yeah, you up. can laugh at that. That's silly. But it wasn't meant to be. You can't laugh when everyone is is dying. Anyway, um, yeah. So they crash the truck as you do when you're crying. They didn't just crash the truck. They flipped the fucking truck. Yeah. Oh yeah, we didn't even mention they drove to the show in the sewage truck. I just call it the shit truck. Shit spills everywhere, all over the road. They end up like kind of falling into it a little bit, although you wouldn't know it. And then the fire department is here to clean this up for some reason. They even have the line of like, why are we cleaning this up? Oh, yeah. And the police are like, well, we're not going to do it. Yeah. Like, wow, they're really working hard to make like, the police. I literally heels. wrote it first. Like, oh, like a hazmat team shows up. Like, it oh, no, it's, it's the it's the fire department. It is. It is biological waste. Yeah, this should be hazmat. So another truck appears and just isn't it, paying attention to traffic. Yeah. And then and also, OK, world building. The police and the fire department are here, and you're telling me that nobody set up a blockade. Nobody was sent out to stop traffic. Nobody closed the road? We live in Baltimore. They close the one of our main roads, the right lane, every weekend just for shits and giggles. Just for funsies, man. There's We've cones not, out. It's been five years. We cannot figure out. They just like put cones out just for funsies. So this truck tries to not crash and manages to spray shit onto a bunch of firefighters. Including and, Sean and Gordy. Yeah, and our main characters, except when we come back to them, they're They're fired. fully dry. And um, this truck was carrying toilet paper. <laughs> so toilet paper crashes everywhere. That's so funny. What are the odds? So funny. Like, I only half get the joke. One truck spilled shit. The next truck had toilet paper. They both exist in the bathroom. It's right. bathroom humor. All right. I'll rephrase this. I want there to be another layer of this show. Don't look for depth in this fucking movie, man. So both of our main characters know that basically they don't have a job anymore because... That truck was my whole job. Yeah, the truck was from like Sean's uncle who died because he doesn't have a dad and fucking somewhere Christian is salivating. He's like, oh, you don't have a dad, do you? Your father is dead. He's doing like the Grinch fingers. Like, hmm. Then he's the Christian character, literally. (laughs) Gordy has has a whole scheme... It's really more of a plan, I guess, not a scheme. Yeah, it's a, it's a plan. It's a loose plan. Both of them are still tying their worth to Jimmy King, and like, it can't be a coincidence that you know he lost his title and we lost our livelihood in the same night. Yes. It, so this 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 <laughs> yeah. this line really lost me because they're like, isn't it a, isn't it like strange that Jimmy King lost the match in the show that we were at? Like, no, no, it's not strange. What? If you're in Wyoming, this doesn't mean anything. This isn't fate. So Gordy says they have to find Jimmy King. It's a test. For who? For who? Also, should be really easy to find Jimmy King because they're in fucking Wyoming and there can't be that much going on around him. And he's, it's not like he like got on a private jet and left that second. Well, he did apparently because they're off to yeah, Atlanta. Right? <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. How'd you get from Wyoming to Atlanta? In, like, no time flat. Well, Emily, I'll tell you how the boys get to Atlanta. This actually made me laugh, too. Oh, did it? Oh, Emily, <laughs> you're better than that. So, they they hitchhike and get picked up by some traveling nuns. Did you catch where As you do. Did you catch where they're going? Like, that's kind of what made me giggle. They're going to... F- they're going to Daytona. Oh. A bus full of nuns driving from Wyoming to Daytona Beach. Like, it's funny. They could be going for other reasons. Although, yeah, it's funny. You say Daytona Beach. My brain went Daytona. to... Daytona. Yeah. I'm like, are they going to the race? It's funny. They get picked up by the nuns. 
The nuns sing a bunch of, ver- you know, various Nun Christian songs. songs. N- no creed. A little bit of a complaint there. <laughs> the, I didn't hear higher once. I'm six feet from the edge and I'm thinking. <laughs> no, um, shine down. No, sw- switch Switchfoot sings Shine Down. No, right? Shine Down is its own. Is that a band? Yeah. Oh. Sorry. Dare you to move. That's Switchfoot, yeah. Okay. No Evanescence, Bring Me to Life. Sorry. I th- you know what it is? Shine Down sings I Dare You, which is a theme song to WrestleMania 22, and Switchfoot sings I Dare You to Move. What? That's and, a Shine Down. And in my, in my LimeWire days, I was like, wait, shit, which one's which? I, I know something else from Shinedown, and I now I can't remember They're, they're it. not a known band. No. Like, I, I know they, they're very, like, mid-2000s. You know, I'm realizing now, I'm like, wait, shit, Shinedown, that does sound like a, a Christian... It does. Yeah. Oh, it absolutely that might be. does. That might, they, they both might be. They went on tour with Papa Roach. I don't think that they're a Christian rock band. Emily, that doesn't say anything. That could be their last resort. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, like, that is on the um, on the soundtrack for this. Anyway, yeah, they're singing various, you know, Christian songs. And Gordy asks if they know any Van Halen. And we cut to them all singing Running With the Devil. Which, again, is kind of funny. But they're nuns. It's so wacky. It's kind of funny. Admittedly? They sang it well. Yeah, the nuns have some pipes. They sang it well. That's why it's kind of funny. The next, I say the next day, but it's probably been a couple days. Yeah, Wyoming to Florida, or to Atlanta, I guess, is where they're going. Not Not a quick drive. The two get dropped off and... Sean goes to Gordy. He's like, I need to ask you a serious question. How many times did you fart in that van? Gordy's like, none. Which. That's that, alone is a joke. That's the joke. That's the joke. Leave it there. Cut it. Then Gordy has to go, oh my God. They were the farting nuns. It's like, oh. no. Just, just yeah, you, you had you had a joke. Just Again, leave it alone. If this was a movie with like two 11-year-old stars, you can get away with that joke. If this is geared towards 12-year-old boys. I don't know if this movie fine. needs more or less Tom Green. Less. Less. <laughs> so at this random gas station they get plopped at, some fucking nerd is playing this Jimmy King arcade game. This thing looks like shit. <laughs> some student's VizFX, you know, project is is the game for this. Yeah, it's really hard to tell because, like, video games were not good in the 90s, but they weren't this bad. This is 2000. I mean... It's one of those where, like, if you look at, like, you know, No Mercy, it looks like a game. This looks like a shit animation. Sure, but you also have to remember that we're at a gas station in the middle of nowhere. So, like, they're so not it having the... lower quality. Yeah, they're not having the highest end, like, video games. So this could be a really old video game. It that's, could be bad. That's the problem. The graphics are too high end to be a oh. shit old video game. I didn't think the graphics were that high. Well, they're 3D. That's the thing. Was it 3D? Relatively. It's Sonic Adventure 1 levels. So this video game is all about Jimmy King. And like only Jimmy King. It's not like, oh, it's a WCW game. It's like, no, No, it's it's a Jimmy King game. Yeah. We did get um, an unexpected Surge Watch. Yes, we did. I forgot about this. Yes. It's a grocery store. So, of course, they have every 90s kid's favorite soda. it's a gas station, but yeah. Yes, you're right. It's a gas station. But yeah, Surge. Surge in the background. This nerd's name is Isaac. And apparently he's like, I can't help find Jimmy King. I'm like. You literally were in town for 30 seconds and f- immediately found somebody. You found someone in the first, like, the first person you spoke to. Who's also a Jimmy King mark. Knows who Jimmy who's King a is. Hacker. Yeah. What? Hack, hack the planet. What? What are the fucking odds? And not even a, like, 
wow, what are the odds? That's so wild. Like, things are turned around for us. Like, no, what are the actual odds? <laughs> they go to Isaac's house, and Isaac's whole deal, which I didn't even bother noting in my notes, but, like, like oh, my dad says this is for pussies. Just blank is for pussies. Yes. Talking on the phone. Is for pussies. Yeah. Anything. It just is for pussies. Yeah. Or, like, makes you gay, which... Yeah. Yeah, like, three quarters of the jokes in this movie are either gay jokes, shit jokes... R word jokes and then miscellaneous or shit jokes. Yeah, <laughs> there's two kinds of shit jokes. It's shit jokes and shit jokes. Right. So Isaac uh, looks him up on the World Wide Web. You know that newfangled thing where they give you the exact time, date, and location of every single person on the planet. Finds it immediately. Yes, in seconds. Apparently, it's not that hard to find. I mean, certain people's addresses, but like, they do actually. Go through a little bit of process here. Do they? Well, the first thing is like, hey, we found his like public address, and then they go oh, through other oh, things. Oh, so, sure, but like, still finding addresses should not be that easy. I just tried to send a lot of um, wedding announcements and invitation things to celebrities, just you know, for funsies. I tried to send one to Bret Hart, and I I did send one to like a PR thing, but it was not easy to find any kind of mailing address. I, it took me a whole day to find people's addresses. Did you send one to Goldberg to that same address just to piss him off? No, I did not. <laughs> we should have. I was hoping to actually get a response. So while Isaac is looking up the, uh, the information, Gordy is playing with two of Isaac's toys, like Making the man fuck. child he is, and is like bending King over DDP. Mm-hmm. And our dated joke of the scene is... Sean with with a Walkman singing Hit Me Baby One More Time. Man, that 2000s yeah. hit hard there. Yeah. Except for I did both of those things. I had a Walkman and I had that CD from Britney. What, last week? Could have been. <laughs> so, Gordy and Sean go to the address that Isaac found, but they only find Jimmy King's wife, played by Caroline Ray, a.k.a. Sabrina the Teenage, which is Aunt. The cool Aunt. The cool Aunt, yeah. Sabrina had two aunts. One was cool. The other was, like, responsible. This is one of many tie-ins to Sabrina the Teenage Witch from that show, because we have Salem doing the, uh, but they don't know, the secrets from Pro Wrestling Secrets Revealed. And Melissa Joan Hart, who's just an active wrestling fan. I love her. She's just so chill. Like, she's the most, like, grounded celebrity from that time. Oh, Billy Gunn appears in that show. I forgot about that. In Sabrina? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Whatever Salem's former family was, he's like the uh, the father-in-law or something. It's a Sabrina has to wrestle Billy Gunn because Salem can't. What? <laughs> I don't know, man. That's for Patreon. I don't know. Oh my that yeah, we'll have to find that episode. <laughs> but yeah. Daddy ass on Sabrina Teenage Witch. You know who else loved that show? My father. But anyway, they find Jimmy King's wife. Apparently she has crabs. That's fun. Yeah, again, like it's it's one of those shit jokes. Is it a shit joke or a shit joke? Because she has crabs. Yeah, she hasn't seen King in t- two years. Yeah. And then um, apparently he owes his wife alimony and child support. And I'm like, there's the Ric Flair stuff. Yeah. They then find Jimmy King's son, and he has shitty braces. It's not even like he has shitty braces. It just looks like his braces broke, and instead of taking the braces off, some orthodontist put more braces on top of them. You are correct. The joke was so bad, I did not feel the need to go into detail about it. I just couldn't really follow how these got messed up so badly. Yeah, so they call Isaac. Isaac's like, yeah, there's multiple ex-wives and multiple kids. Dun, dun, dun. 
Yeah, because according to Jimmy King's biography, it's like, oh, no, no, no this was real. Because then they then go to visit Jimmy King's parents, and it's like, oh, no, according to his book, you're dead. Yeah. According to his book, he has one kid who has, like, disability, and his parents both died tragically. Yeah. And, you know, it's a very Hulk Hogan sob story. But in reality, his parents like, yeah, he's a piece of shit. Yeah. And he stole our fucking motorhome. Yeah. They managed to finally locate Jimmy King's motorhome. And for some reason, he's dressed in a wig and glasses and he's hiding out for people who he owes money to. Yeah. In a motorhome. In a random, like, motorhome park. Which, like, first of all, how the fuck did you get that address? Uh, they said he got like a ticket or something, and he—that's what he's oh, saying it to. Okay. They did actually have a line for okay, it, so okay. it's one of those where if if he owe people money, they'd find him based right. on that. Yeah. So in this scene where they walk up on the motorhome, they see um Jimmy King like in the wig and the dress, like hiding out. They go up to the window and they see this, and Gordy and Sean decide like we'll just knock on the door. So they knock on the door to the, the mobile home. And inside, in a female voice, they knocked on the goes, window. They didn't knock on the fucking door. Okay, well, yeah. they knocked on the thing, and King inside, in like a woman's voice, goes, "Who's there?" And Sean and Gordy go, "Oh, it's us." <laughs> I missed that. Like they know each other. <laughs> Who's us to Jimmy King? King is having none of these two until they offer him thirty dollars for five minutes of his time. Yeah, and. Gordy and Sean just continue to be marks and not understand what's happening. Even Jimmy King is like, it's not real. Yeah. It's it's an act. And they're like, yeah, totally. Guys, holy shit. But they also like really lost the plot in this scene where it's like, you are here for a reason. You're here because you watched your hero get smashed and he's obviously not doing well. So you have an opportunity to help him. But instead, you're just going to mark out and like stare at him. Like, that's not helpful. That said, Jimmy King invokes our podcast. I put the damn butts in the damn seats. <laughs> so welcome to the damn butts of the damn seats podcast. Hell yeah. So King just lies to them. It's like, yeah, you know, my like wife died and my mom died and my child's sick. And they're like, we met all these people. <laughs> like, that's the moment where it's like, no, they caught him. And they, and they but then they go but back they to being still like, we're just yeah. like massive fans. Just like, yeah, doesn't matter what you say. I'm still going to worship the ground you walk on. Again, if these two were children, this might work. If these two, if this was cast as like 11 or 12 year old boys. Great. This movie would have been entirely different. What's Macaulay Culkin doing in 99? Right. 30-year-old men does not make this look good. So Jimmy King tries to kick them out, and they're like, what if we go on a beer run? And he gives them the money back, and it's like, you better not run out of me. I'll, I'll find you. I'm like, I don't believe you for a second. Ugh, but 90s pricing, though. They go on a beer run with $30, and they come back with, like, three cases of beer. You thought come back with two. I thought I saw three. You did two six-packs. I'm like, what the f- No, one was definitely a, a no, case. He said six, two six-packs. Well, they came back with at least one case, which alone is what, like $25 these days? Depends on what, what, what Depends which one on you the get. beer. But I'm like, damn, you can come back with two cases for 30 bucks. Must be nice. So Sean's ready to give up, but uh, Gordy's like, no, this is a test. King need- The king needs us. It's not all a test. The universe doesn't give a shit about you. Yeah. That's a hard truth you got to learn these days. Jimmy King notes that Sinclair owns the character and is like, it's. It's not real, guys. And they're like, huh? So there's like that's like a thin line of why he's not wrestling anywhere else. Like if you want to dive into the world, 
Um, yeah, his but, line of like Sinclair owns the character, so he can't go and wrestle as Jimmy King anywhere else. Yeah, but but WWE owned Johnny V. Bad, and Mark Marrow still showed up. Oh wait, yeah. maybe that's a bad example. Oh fuck. Um, um, but that that's bad. like a very thin reason for why he's not wrestling anywhere else. I'm like I'll take it. Again, it's been like three days. Yeah. They act like this has been like six months. Which again, think about this timeline. They watched him wrestle on Monday night. They traveled across the country in a van with none that same night, essentially. And in that time between Wyoming and Atlanta, Jimmy King has gotten back to Atlanta, connected with his parents, taken their mobile home, found this whole disguised costume thing, and found a mobile park to live in. And in case you thought this would, this took longer, when we go to the next Nitro, they note that DDP has his first defense. So it's been a week. And there hasn't been a pay-per-view in between. So much happens in this one week. Yeah. Oh, gee. I can only imagine me trying to do the fucking recap in between of like, here's all the backstage notes. Right? Um, can you imagine? Two random marks showed up at Jimmy King's door. We should have just gone to the next Nitro and me just presented this all as like backstage notes. That would have been incredibly confusing because we'd be like, Jimmy who? <laughs> I would not explain it. Like, wow, you're not paying attention. You don't yeah, know Jimmy see, King. This, I'm like, he's the longest, the longest winning streak of any wrestler in history. God. <laughs> like, fucking just go- fucking goldfish brain over here. Like, doesn't even know fucking Jimmy King. Anyway, King tries to kick them out and then Gordy guilts him. This is where King actually like, it's been months. I'm like, it's been a fucking like it's been three like days. Maybe 72 hours. They fire up King and he beats them and then crowns them. In the morning, King wakes them up by pouring beer on them, and uh, Jimmy King has decided to agree to their plan. He wants to get his hands on Titus Sinclair. So they drive all the way to New York City to the New York Arena. Which again- Madison Square who? We don't know Which her. again, Atlanta to New York, that is at minimum a 12-hour drive. That's, a, that's, yeah, that's like a day's drive. That's a- f- A full day. That's a full day with like very minimal stopping and switching drivers. So we go into inside the arena. There's two matches announced for tonight's show. It's Sid Vicious versus Sting. All right. And in his first title defense, DDP will be defending against the Disco Inferno. Oof. Yeah, why? <laughs> of all the people to, to defend against. Love Disco, but why? Sean and Gordy smuggle King into the arena in a porta potty. Because of course they do. They don't have their truck anymore. I don't know how they got this porta potty. I don't know how they've been struggling with a single porta potty. No, I think they just like found because they put this porta potty in a line of porta potties. So they found the company that was distributing the porta potties to backstage and just like decided that they were part of their crew and just like snuck in. It's probably the most logical thing. Yeah. yeah. The two then perv on the Nitro Girls. Oh, hard. And Emily, these Nitro Girls are naked, extra naked. They're so naked, Emily. They're so naked. No, they're not. They're not at all. They're so not. I mean, they're in like underwear, but like that's not naked. Yeah, they're like wearing like shorts and bras. It that's not naked. We then get head nitro girl who is somehow not the head nitro girl, Sasha, who is seen multiple times in like her own costume and like very clearly the head of the group, yet gets offered head nitro girl later. Like, yeah, that'll do it for me. Yeah, right. Uh, She catches them perving. Sasha's played by Rose McGowan, who uh, notably hated doing this film. Yeah, I don't blame her. Wasn't a good role. No. So she catches them perving, and then, like, they're not removed. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, right? Wouldn't this be like, this is 100% textbook sexual harassment. Kick them out. Elsewhere backstage, GDP is going to do an interview. It's going to be uh, Titus Sinclair interviewing him for some reason. I'm like, that's breaking from the Eric Bischoff role of, like, 
You're not a backstage interviewer. I mean, yeah, they can have like a backstage conversation that gets caught on camera, but that's not an interview. Yeah, so DDP is going to do an interview. Um, they both mock King before the interview, before the cameras are rolling. The, the I will rule you. Yeah. Which we didn't mention. That's his tagline. Yeah. I will rule you. Like, what a great line. Southern draw, but like. I mean, he's going to be from know. this. I don't know. He's a king. DDP actually cuts his promo. He has some very generic barbs. He's like, it was like wrestling a beached whale. And got it because he's fat. Yeah. Jimmy King emerges and beats down DDP using a toilet seat and just throws him around. Gordy tackles Sinclair when he tries to interfere. And we get Sean trying to help with that. But Bam Bam Bigelow and Van Hammer suddenly appear and throw Gordy and, and Sean around. The King then crowns DDP from the top of the porta potty. And he goes to pit him. And I forget if it's Gordy or Sean. Taps Billy Silverman on the shoulder like, do your job. Do your job. I think it was Gordy. And he counts the pin. And so you're winner by pinfall. Jimmy King. I also want to know. I have two questions. I want to know, per the credits, Billy Silverman, that is not his name. Oh, no. He's the only ref that gets a name. Yeah. So my questions are, where the fuck is security? We, We know that Jimmy King is not supposed to be on this show. We know that he's got fired, so we know he's not welcome here. And then we have these two random working guys that have just decided to jump your main stars. Where the fuck is your security? I will tease this. There is a, There was a pitched ending that would solve that question. We'll get to that at the end. My second question. Why was there a pin? What? Yeah. The, do your job. He counts the pin and immediately Sinclair is like, no, that was not sanctioned. This is not how wrestling works. Yeah, but also the like, ref should not have counted. Titus Sinclair respecting the business. But just like, why was the ref there? So no, that was unsanctioned. He books a cage match for the title and $1 million for some reason. Sure. Gordy accepts on King's behalf as Sinclair announces the match for pay-per-view in four weeks. And I'm like, ah, the businessman being like, no, we're not doing this for free like we did the fucking last one. So Pay-per-view. this actually gives us some time to develop some world building. We have four weeks. Yes. This is plenty of time. Yeah. This is not four hours or four. No, this we is not know- four days. We should know there is no ticking clock here. No, there should have been. <laughs> yeah. But the fact that you even said that it's it's not just like the next week's Nitro. We have time. Well, they actually made a big deal of the um, match where King got screwed. Like, it's not even a pay-per-view. Oh, my God. They're doing the title mm-hmm. match? And I'm like, yeah, like, WWE need a reason to do a fucking title match. Yeah. But, yeah, so we have our uh, our main event for... Okay, fuck, next. I'll note it later. I, I literally forgot the name of the fictional pay-per-view they pull up. It's like Clash of the Crown or something. I did not write it down. Oh, I... We'll, we'll get to it later. I'm not... I'm. It's not worth going to do. It's a fake pay-per-view. Yeah. For some reason, after this, everybody out, everybody parties outside King's motorhome under a bridge. Yeah, why? I Yeah, this didn't make any sense. And making less sense, head nitro girl Sasha just comes to flirt with Gordy. That's not sus? Honestly, even with the reveal later, this is still, like, this is poorly written. Yes, this doesn't make any sense. There was no reason why she would go and talk to him. Yeah, he's really bad at flirting. She well, said, it's funny. He's awkward. It's funny. She knows you're really sweet and masculine. Are you? We then get a random Nitro Girl segment. Love it. <laughs> and Mean Gene is fucking hammered. Do people think I'm sexy? Yeah. <laughs> oh, but like Gordy crashes the Nitro Girls dance. Good for him. King is panicked about the match and um, 
downs a couple shots, and then manages to fall down a manhole. While running away, though. He was, like, trying yeah, to flee he, the scene. Yeah, he, he falls clean straight yeah. down while running away. Like a cartoon character. Yes. It's very, um like, Bugs Bunny. I would say it's very uh, Paul Bearer, because Paul Bearer once got thrown out of a manhole. Okay, well, I'm thinking, like, <laughs> cartoons, like, yeah. like Wile E. Coyote. There was no umbrella from uh, Jimmy King, though. Yeah. The next morning, they find him. It's like, how did you find him? It's because they're, you know, They work in poop. Yeah. He, they're like, oh, he's covered in shit. He doesn't look like it. He's no. like, he's fine. He's second guessing the whole match and training and all that. So they sing him an inspirational song. It's it's not good. No. <laughs> Would you believe it? What was the song? I don't even fucking... Oh, well, you think I remember the fucking song. Was, was it supposed to be Jimmy King's theme, though? No. It was like... Jimmy King's the best. Oh, oh, they made up songs. Better okay. than all the okay. best. I remember them singing the song. It's I couldn't better, remember if it was like... better than what they had. Yeah. I couldn't remember if they like used a theme song or something. No. Yeah, it was very cringe. And then Jimmy King just like sprints away, which leads to literally nothing because he's right. in the next scene. They have found a special trainer for Jimmy King. And Emily, I, I believe this man is the saving grace of the middle of this movie. Yeah? Sal Banditi. Want to wrestle? Too much. Played by Martin Oscar winner Martin Landau. Just what the fuck is he doing in this movie? To me, it felt like Christopher Walken said no. <laughs> a little bit. You know what? I'll give you that. Yeah. But uh, our Stu Hart stand-in, played by Martin Landau. He really thought that he was the saving grace? He didn't do enough. He <laughs> didn't know. do much of anything. He he's, wasn't in the movie for very long. He's trying. I don't. I disagree. <laughs> he stretches King and he taps out. He agrees to train King, but uh, he thinks King is too flashy. You know, with that top rope accent. Oh, he's so flashy. During the training, Sal dominates King until King hits a kick to the face and like, oh, fuck, did you kill him? Yeah, it did look like that. Yeah. And he sold, he sold that very well. You're right. But Sal is playing possum and low blows King. Wow. And it's like, nah, you you were weak for caring about me. It's like, oh, Jesus. You were right for kicking me, but you were weak for caring. We then see Gordy going to visit Sasha. He brought, Why? Her, he brought her some bananas. Which, again, was kind of cute. It could be played better. He has a line, buenos noches. Or buenos nachos. I don't even fucking remember he said it right. Probably nachos. It's like, oh, I didn't know you spoke Spanish. Are you fluent? No, I feel fine. Again, if they were 12-year-old <laughs> boys, it'd be funny. They're 30. So she wants to stay in as opposed to going out. So she fucking cooks him dinner. They don't even they don't even have dinner. No, but that's the implication. And like in Because of the implication. It's just how highly do you need to think of yourself, Gordo? Someone like Sasha is cooking you dinner and thinks that you are like perfect after knowing you for ten minutes? Like I'm sure you guys might actually have things in common. I'm sure that's possible. But this is suspicious. Okay, we should note let's just note now. She's a double agent. Yes. Which is the only reason this makes sense. The way this should go is that, like, basically, she's, like, gonna sleep with him. And then, like, extracts information and is like, no, I'm tired. Mm-hmm. She fucks him. Like, straight up. Yeah. She has sex with him. And I'm like, why? Potentially takes his virginity? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because she would stay in. She asks about training. It's like, all right, who's the coach? Like, all right, like, trying to get the information makes sense. They think, I want to see your awesome moves. He hits an arm drag, and then they go to the bedroom. And then he starts woofing at her. She, she takes her top off, and he yells, foreign objects, and punches her. And they have sex. I'm like, what? Yeah. But- no, the whole thing should be, should be that she's a tease. Yeah. That's how that character works. 
And it's that like, would have worked well with the the stupid man child character of Gordy. No, they, they just she just put out. So then the next morning, Gordy writes a letter to his dad, like confirming they had sex. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, surprise, dad! I'm no longer a virgin. His father then shoots the fridge a bunch after putting the thing on the fridge. Like, he misses multiple times. Like, what the fuck? Again, police officers that are very you know responsible with their their firearms. It's funny. Played for laughs. Later that day, they go to some local gym where Goldberg is because he's going to be on Letterman later. What? <laughs> I'm at the gym because I'm going to be on Letterman. What? Well, no. It was, I think it was, why are you in New York? I'm oh, okay. Yeah. And Emily, who else is there? <laughs> fucking John Cena the biggest is in the star. background. Yes. <laughs> Just like pumping iron. John fucking Cena. Baby John Cena. Like he's got to be like 19 or 20 in this scene. Yeah. Like baby. 99. Yeah, he's 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 not in WWE for a little while. So the group, uh, Sasha's like, no, this is a bad plan, which is, I guess, meant to be like, don't recruit Goldberg. He's really good. Yeah. So the group approaches Goldberg. Goldberg says King doesn't stand a chance and is just generally a shithead. And I think they try to keep kayfabe a little bit here that like King had the undefeated streak and Goldberg did because like, no, we were partners. So we never faced each other. So the streak wouldn't, you know, end because yeah. they face each other. What? I liked the little bit of like. All right, try to explain the logic of Goldberg being in this movie and having a streak, and it doesn't, you know, doesn't contradict <laughs> Only yourself. you, only you would be like, it's fine, it's Goldberg, it's fine. So Goldberg declines King's offer, and Sean tries to actually appeal to Goldberg, and he's like, no, I work alone. Which I guess is fair, but also, yeah. was didn't he just say that he was in a tag team? So he doesn't work alone. Well, I mean, a tag team match. It was, it was vague how long the two teamed together. He did shit on um, Jimmy in this uh, in this promo. Fuck promo. He did kind of shit on Jimmy King in this conversation where he says that Jimmy King is a second rate wrestler and a third rate man. Yeah, which is like a good dig. I mean, fair also. Yeah. Based on everything I've seen, I agree. Yeah. Well. Back at Sal Bandini's apartment, he watches some TV in his house. And, I literally uh, called this Stu Hart's dungeon. <laughs> honestly, this is cooler than the actual dungeon. Oh. The dungeon's just a fucking shitty wood paneled basement. Yeah. <laughs> Perry Saturn and Sid Vicious just break in in like black ops gear. This is what I was thinking of earlier when I was saying that um, Sid's looking kind of goonish. Like he's in full like oh, oh yeah I mean, cartoon he, villain mode, especially oh, when he's teamed with Perry Saturn. It's very Looney Tunes action. It's very here. Looney Tunes. Of, yeah. Like literally, they see him in the kitchen and go to close in, and also he's gone. It's yeah. Like, what the fuck. So, we get another, Sal Bandini, want to wrestle? He, Sal just beats him down and stretches Saturn to get info. And then Sid hits Sal with a wooden chair and, and Sal is sent to the hospital. I mean, they do clock him pretty good. Oh, yeah. So, it's kind of like, that makes sense. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, we go to the hospital. And I, I don't know about you, but I, I could use a break. Yeah, definitely. I could use Butterfingers. Hungry? A Butterfingers? Grab Butterfingers. Butterfingers? I love Butterfingers. Butterfingers? I didn't have one Butterfinger. Butterfingers? What? Butterfingers? Butterfingers? But yeah, they they plug Butterfingers like every fucking second of this scene. Halloween just passed, and and when we're recording this, and I didn't have any Butterfingers. Oh no! I know. I'm kind of sad. Martin I actually like would be ashamed of you. I had a lot of Milky Way because I provided the candy this year. Gordy goes to get a Butterfingers. A Butterfingers? And Sasha's like, I gotta make a phone call. The payphone is six feet away from the fucking vending machine. And right. she, like, lays out her whole fucking heel turn on the phone. Does not check her surroundings once. No. So, yeah, she's a heel. She was on Sinclair's side the whole time, feeding him, 
feeding him info. That's how they got to Sal. Sasha's a snake. Yeah, this is where she gets promoted to head Nitro Girl. I'm like, were you not already? Well, no, she gets off. She gets told like, if this plan goes through, head Nitro Girl is in your future. But I didn't think it was stands. like offered. Who the fuck is? She's the only one in a different costume. I, I mean, assume. Spice is there. Spice should be the head Nitro Girl. I mean that I agree with that. Regardless, Spice is there. But she's front and center in a different costume. She's very clearly the head Nitro Girl. Well, maybe not. Maybe she just didn't have the right costume. Maybe she's actually really bad at being a Nitro Girl. Ever think about that? She's the intern. Maybe. So in the hospital room, Sal tells King not to worry about him and um, gives him a final piece of advice. And it's, you know, attack DDP's strength. John's like, don't you mean his weakness? Like, no. Go for the strength. Like, no one expects you to go for what they're, like, strong at. Hmm. Which is an interesting take. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. I'd say him. I was like, mm, okay. Gives him a general pep talk and wants a Butterfingers. General um, pep <laughs> The three then leave the hospital and King is doubting himself again. Butterfingers, Butterfingers, Butterfingers. Sasha goes to get on the trailer and Gordy dumps her. He's like, you have no heart. <laughs> get wrecked. Got him. Get out of here. You'll we, never be head night. We will girl. literally see her for 30 seconds at the end of this movie and yeah. that's it. Yeah, she's done. Her day here is done. You tell me Rose McGowan Bye, Rose. Hated, hated the script and threw it in the trash multiple times. It's pretty garbage. Hopefully she got paid well for it. Hopefully. Next scene, everyone goes to visit King's ex and she kicks him in the dick and then does it a again. A lot. Yeah. Hard. She does it twice, but in oh, the mid-credit stuff, they cut to this shot multiple times. There were a lot of takes of this. King's like, I'm not sure why I'm here, but very clearly has a mission, which is talk to his son. Right. It's like, you do know, you fucking idiot. King apologizes to his son and then his wife. They don't forgive him. Kind of rightfully so. Yeah. Because kind of like, well, what are you going to do? Like, you're just saying, I apologize. Like, you need to, like, make up for this. And he's like, Show your actions. Yeah. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to win this match and the, and the million dollars. I'm going to get that boy a good dentist. I mean, that's the least you can do. I mean, you would need an orthodontist, but that's neither here nor there. Okay. We then go back to Wyoming and Gordy's dad immediately shows up. How'd you know they were coming here? It is 99. They, you did not have Find My iPhone. You Literally, do not have trackers. the first second they're here. No, they he's park here. the car and he's done. He makes Gordy get in the car. And it's like, you're going to be a cop now. In the cop car, Gordy's dad says that he doesn't care about Gordy's dreams. Later that night, Sean and King try to get Gordy back. And um, King actually says, like, no, like, I need you. Like, you've like been like, a great help and inspiration to me during all this. And Gordy refuses, says his dream is stupid, and says that his cop father will flat out shoot them if he sees them. Again. A cab. This man should not be a police officer. No. So to replace Gordy, we get some wrestling posse tryouts. <laughs> There's a really, there is a funny line in this. So we open with the, like, the, is wrestling fake, Fit Finley? That feel fucking fake to you? It's like, Jesus. Again, like, valid. I mean, it, it's fake, but it's not fake. All right, so we have some, um, some notable tryouts here. We have some fake Siamese twins, which is just two dudes in, in one, one t-shirt. t-shirt. Yeah. Uh, someone au- auditioning for Oklahoma. And a couple and three. Not, like, not the not the wrestling manager Oklahoma. Sorry, they actually yeah. think it's the musical Oklahoma that is holding auditions. I'd rather the one be on WCW, and I mean the one from this movie. <laughs> you would rather them just like break out into song from Oklahoma. I wouldn't mind a random musical. <laughs> uh, that's what Nitro goes for. A, a dance number in the middle of the show. They're just gonna just do an Oklahoma number. Why not? <laughs> You're telling me it makes less sense than Nitro goes just randomly doing a dance number. Oh my god. So three actually end up making the cut. It is Fireman Fred, cool. the, the Chewer, who Ew. spits tobacco, 
and Pretty Kitty. <laughs> there was a very funny line with her in her audition. So Sean is like, look, she could work. She could do it. And she like does her whole little like Pretty Kitty thing. And Jimmy King looks at Sean and is just like, what is this woman going to do? Boob them to death? Like, that's just a funny line. Yeah. I think it was King was like, I'm sorry, honey. We're we're looking for, you know, people who can help us in a fight. And then she, like, strips down to, like, you know. Sex, okay, yeah, maybe that was it. Se- like a sexy attire. And Charles like, well, I mean, we could, we could, we could use something. She's going to do boob him to death? It's funny. They have their posse, and they're going to leave Cody, Wyoming. And who is here to see them off? But the whole fucking town. Like, what the fuck yes. is... It's wild. Including Brittany, who is suddenly into uh, Sean. Because she saw him on TV. Yeah. He turns her down and then uh, decides to have sex with Wendy inside the trailer. And he gave her the very sweet gift of a t-shirt from the Hard Rock Cafe in New York City. It's adorable. <laughs> so they go in the trailer and they have sex. Yes. Because that is like, I have a gift for you too. and It's her. Yeah. So two minutes pass in the, in the timeline. And the truck starts to pull away and then it just stops in the driveway and sean kicks out wendy and she's wrapped up in a naked in an nwo blanket well yeah nwo nowhere else in this in this this movie but uh there also i'm sure she would have hated going to fucking live wcw pay-per-view yeah why did they kick her out why couldn't she go i will note that you um you missed uh gordy and his dad showing up and gordy apologizes to king but oh who cares tries to run back the truck buck ass naked but it's funny when it's him meanwhile for her it's like oh cool you just like got a very public walk of shame here but i feel like she was also kind of being praised like there i didn't feel shame for her i don't know the crowd i don't think that there was a lot of like wow you whore like i don't think that she was being shamed it's also one of those things of like the movie is already like you like wrestling you fucking loser so but now it's like the losers get laid by the other losers yeah Emily At just, least they're getting laid. Let's enter Act Three. We're in Las Vegas for the Royal Bash. That's what it was. Ah, yes, the Royal Bash. But oh yes, but I guess King is in this. Okay, so they still named the pay per view after the guy that they fired. Yes. Huh? Royal Bash at the castle. Open with a Nitro Girls segment, and uh, backstage we see Titus Sinclair here with Sting. <laughs> Sting made his his moment in the movie. <laughs> Fucking hour and a half into this movie, Sting's here all of a sudden. I will kill you if you fuck this up. <laughs> like, that's our one F word for the night. Sting is just stoic, straight yeah. face. Just like, why like am I here? Like full 97 Sting. He's, I feel like he's thinking like, this is a payday. Like, just shut up, pay me. Sean is rocking the red pimp suit and King is ready. In the ring, Sinclair hypes up the match to the crowd and calls out Jimmy King. And Sinclair reveals that it's going to be a triple cage match. Not to be confused with the um, uncensored 96 cage match. It's going to be a different triple cage match. Yeah, this triple cage match has a lot of rules. We will see this twice. Once on this. Oh, sorry, I'm saying twice in WCW. Oh, for real? Apparently it appears in some Nitro. I, f- I don't know. Oh, God. I, I know it's the main event of an actual pay-per-view. Apparently it appears in some Nitro. Great. And Emily, what time is it? It's Michael Buffer time. <laughs> Why the fuck is it Michael Buffer time? Emily, it's because we are ready to... Oh my God, they said the name. And now I have to pay him money. Yeah, you need to cut that. <laughs> we don't have that kind of fund. If you we need a lot more Patreon if you hear somebody use this, email us and we will sue them. Like, he said the thing. 
<laughs> that being said, subscribe to our Patreon so that we can pay these legal fees. Yeah. <laughs> I also did note, he did say the, we are ready to rumble as opposed to let's, let's get ready get. to rumble. Maybe yeah. that's a different pay rate. I don't know. Let's not say it out loud. We had Tony Schiavone and Mike Tanay on commentary, but again, mostly Mike Tanay. But Tony does chime in here and there. He actually does speak and he does like not feel forced, I guess. I'll go through a little bit of play-by-play for our main event here tonight. Oh, there was also a quick shot of Jimmy's parents being in the crowd. Yes. So they are here. That plays into... Nothing. nothing. That's it. That's We see that they're there, oh, and then he, that's he, it. I think he got them tickets. So I think it's meant to be points of like... They never come back in the movie again, though. There's no closure scene with them. Where is this show? Mm. Vegas, maybe? Oh, it is in Vegas. Yes, I have okay. it in Vegas in my notes. Okay, so from... From Wyoming to Vegas. No, they're in from Atlanta. From Atlanta, Jesus. <laughs> Fuck me. If you got free tickets to a show in Vegas, would we go? You and I would probably go. We still have to pay for, like, lodging and travel is the I'm problem. sure I have family out there. I've got family all over the place. It's still travel. <laughs> okay, yeah, we have to pay for a plane ticket. So our main event tonight for the WWE title, it is Jimmy King versus DDP in a triple-decker cage. So, yeah, this is three cages vertically placed on top of each other. If Jimmy King wins, he wins WWE title and a million dollars. If DDP wins... He retains, and I guess King is gone forever was the thing. I don't remember why DDP would want to win. Yeah, not this is a different million dollars from the um, from the spring breakout Nitro. We should note Hulk Hogan's not putting up no. five hundred thousand dollars on this. Oh my god! <laughs> but the way that anybody wins this match is you crawl through the top of each cage, and then on the top of the top cage, you grab the belt that's hanging it's from basically the ceiling. A, yeah, it's basically a glorified ladder match, but cages. but cages, yeah. yeah. So yeah, you have to climb up each thing, and you basically need a ladder to get to the second level. I don't yeah. know how else you would. I guess you could go outside and climb on the outside. I don't know. Spider-Man. No, uh, Macho Man appeared earlier. Spider-Man found in this scene. Spider-Man wasn't in the scene earlier, though. But Bonesaw is ready, Emily. <laughs> it's a different match. So match starts. DDP starts with spitting in King's face, and they trade shots. Spitting Uranagi from DDP, and Sean distracts DDP with some powder. Fuck sand. You idiot. That stuff doesn't work. And uh, Sean used that distraction to handcuff DDP to the cage. So I don't really know what they think that we think the pocket sand does. Because it did exactly what I thought it would do. Honestly, the one line I remember, I literally will never forget from this movie is from that moment of the diamond upside down is a pussy. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why that's the line that sticks my brain, but that's the one. But again, it's one of those where like, yeah, you know, kayfabe's real, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. But I guess this is meant to be a shoot match. I don't fucking know, man. Gotta glance over that of like, oh no, they called spots another one, but... This one, I guess, is not called. Yes. I don't know. Hoofentude Guerrera and a masked man suddenly run into the ring and attack Jimmy King. We get some more heels running down, including um, Van Hammer again for some reason. We get the Terry Funk Whirlybird ladder spot, and Jimmy King goes to punch the one masked man. And he stops. It's revealed to be Jimmy King's son. Dun, dun, dun. Once again, I think some Ric Flair stuff there. Consider that David. And there you go. He would have hit David. (laughs) Shit, you're right. (laughs) No, I think in the early days he was like, he didn't. This is more like Ray and Dominic. (laughs) Well, you know what it is? That's the biggest allegory. Jimmy King is Ray Mysterio, a deadbeat dad. (laughs) King's son attacks him and the heels beat down King. 
And then we get the faces running in. It's Goldberg leading Booker, Kidman, and Disco Inferno into the ring. You know, all yeah. the faces. One of those were, yeah, Ray's hurt. Ray hurt himself the other one because he's not here for this. Disco's here, I guess. But despite the fact that the heels very clearly cut the fucking lock to the cage. Oh, no, the cage is locked again. Oh, no, brother. Who can save us? It's Gordy on a motorcycle jumping from the top of the ramp into the ring. Stops on a dime. Yeah, like professionally done. In cop gear. So he has created this whole character persona that is a police officer. So he came in on a cop bike, which one, where the fuck did he get that from? Well, he had to do training, so I guess he he just shoot stole that. And he just drove from Wyoming to Las Vegas on that bike? I don't know. Hulk Hogan stole an ambulance. I mean, He didn't drive a long distance in that ambulance. <laughs> You say that like a motorcycle can't go multiple miles. Wyoming to Vegas is a long drive, though. Yeah, you can fill it with gas. So the big boss gourd lands in the ring. The big boss gourd? Yeah, Gordy. Goldberg cleans house and Gordy spears Jimmy King's son. Titus Sinclair frees DDP as King makes it to the second level, which he really should just be able to climb all the way to the top from here. Yes. Around this time, too, we cut back to um, Wyoming, where this match is being aired in the police station because, like, the rest of the cops are just fans because everybody in this fucking yeah, town of Wyoming they're all is a super fan. Into it. And then, so Gordy's dad comes in and is like, What is this crap? Rah, rah, rah. And all the cops are like, That's your kid. And because he's wrestling as a cop, it's like, Oh, this is fine. Yeah. I support you now, I guess. Inside the cage, Sasha suddenly appears. Yeah, why is she in the cage? Because she needs to get hit with the ladder. But why did they let her in the cage? Kayfabe, I mean, she shouldn't I, be there. I mean, it was open. I don't know. She shouldn't be there. I don't know, man. Sean tries to be like, hey, you're hit with the ladder, and then she does. Lol. Um, King and DDP make it to the second level, and there's some weapons kind of hung there. DDP hits a pipe shot and then goes to, like, hang Jimmy King. Why does this keep coming up in our wrestling? There's a lot of nooses in wrestling. Why? DDP makes it up to cage number three, but is tripped by Jimmy King. They brawl up top, and DDP throws King all the way onto cage number one, which is basically... At cage number two. Like, it's the same. Level. Yeah. DDP goes to reach for the belt, but it's Sting! It's gonna be Sting! Sting know, just but... swings in, kicks DDP. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I want to know how much Sting made off this movie, because Jesus Christ. Not enough. No, I think it's way too much. So both men are on, a, on an even playing field. Sting goes down to the floor. It's like, Jimmy King's okay by me. And Sean... Does a gay joke of like we both love Jimmy King and we both love men. We're not ashamed to say it. And Sting punches Sean and Gordy gets jealous, so Gordy has to get punched too. And Sting punches him. The actual match, both men get back up and choke each other. I guess, we, the, I guess the goons are just brawling in the lower level. Yeah, I don't know why they're brawling. Because Goldberg's still there. Because we get a couple of like cuts to Goldberg looking up like you got this, King. Come on, yeah. <laughs> It's like, oh, buddy. I know we see that we see the we. I know we talked about the news party, but we saw we didn't see it go on more than one person, really. No. And so yeah, it was just kind of like flashed to the camera, and that was it, right? Like they didn't Pretty get much. passed around. Because I'm thinking about this last pay per view that we did, because that news just got passed. around. I mean, I guess we should know. We watched this um, for free on YouTube. We did not pay money for this. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> Nick like, played with the idea of ordering this on DVD just to like have in the house. Yeah. No, I don't want this no. in my home. <laughs> You will move out before you have this in your home. Yes. I'm like, did they cut some awkward spot? But I don't think so. We get a low blow to Jimmy King and DDP hits two big right hands until King hits a low blow to DDP. Jimmy King 
Hits a scoop slam on DDP, slamming him through all of the cages into the ring. It's very McFoley. It was it was giving. Do not do not fucking. But the way that he crashed through the cage, neck, it's a little neck much. first on all of it. It's a little McFoley. I don't know. DDP crashes into the ring. Both men have bladed at some point. I kind of missed where this was going to be. It's easier to hide the blade job when. Yeah, it's we a didn't movie. do time to blade on this. No. So with DDP thrown through all of the cages, Jimmy King retrieves the title and wins. He also wins a million dollars and is the new WCW champion. Wow. Jimmy King. Is he still going to pay for his kids' braces? Emily, thoughts on the match? <laughs> yeah. It was a little bit of an overbooked mess for me. Um, kind of came out of nowhere. Like, Jimmy King didn't appear in any of the build for this show. It kind of was weird to have him suddenly win the title. Nick. <laughs> But hold on, actually think about that. Jimmy King appeared on one Nitro in between losing yeah, the title and the pay-per-view. And so was it if you just cutting promos on him every week? Or was it just like, oh, Nick, it's our pay-per-view main event and we didn't build to it at all? Think about the fucking source material, man, and tell me no. it's that far off. <laughs> no. It's true to its source material. Emily, the Yapapai strap has a lot to argue in this, in this front. Then again, we're about to watch a pay-per-view on one week's build, so... Of this feel good ending. Yeah, all the characters celebrate. The crowd taunts Sinclair. He's like, No, I made wrestling. And then Gordy and Sean are like, No, the fans made wrestling. And they throw Sinclair into the crowd. And the crowd beats him to death. I think so. Like, that's the implication. Like, they just. It's very umbrage at the end of uh, yeah. Order of the Phoenix. Like, does she get killed by the, the I, giant? We I'm sorry, know. Eric Bischoff. I must not tell lies. <laughs> <laughs> what? Except I'm Hulk Hogan and I can't help but lie, brother. Brother. So Gene then interviews Jimmy King in the ring and immediately is like, I know you just won the singles world title, but you need a tag team partner. Like, what? Why? Goldberg offers to be Jimmy King's partner and King's like, no, I'm going to wrestle with. I have a partner. Wrestle with the law. Which is what he he just kind of names Gordy. Yeah. Not to be confused with Judge Dredd, the law, different law. Sure. And yeah, so it's Gordy the Law, whatever the fuck his last name, and Sh- uh, Sugar Daddy Sean something. Uh, we see Wendy watching the pay-per-view from the fast food restaurant. I'm like, you paid for this in yeah. the restaurant? On the same screen, your camera for the drive-thru is on. Sure. Sure. Everybody in this town is watching the pay-per-view. Nobody's at the restaurant. The heels slink away. We go back to that opening Gas station, convenience store. Stop and shop. Goldberg throws the cashier through the front door as Sean puts over wrestling to the children again. The Nitro girls pick up everybody. Sal Bandini's in the back seat in a pseudo hot tub. It's literally just the back of a truck. Yeah, but it's a tub. It's, this was a thing in the 90s because I had a Polly Pocket truck that had a hot tub in the back of it. This is cool. This is like the height of cool. That closed out the movie, but we get some bloopers, including Oliver Platt accidentally punching Randy Savage for real, going, yeah. oh, shit. It's like, oh, fuck. Sorry, brother. And then we get a low blow compilation. Credits. Ready to rumble is used with the permission of Buffer Partnership. Buffer. Michael Buffer getting that coin. Wow, this was pretty shit. I'm so glad you made me wait three years to watch that pile of hot garbage. I, I really Because it really made a difference. Yeah, I really wanted the authentic, like, hatred, and I feel like I just got apathy. Yeah, you hyped it up too much. Yeah. Over the three years, you talked about this movie too much, and you hyped it up to me. Can I tell you about the alternate ending that 
or alternates relative. It's the it's an ending that DDP pitched. Sure. So one apparently DDP was pissing off a lot of people on the set because he oh, was really? giving them acting tips. Good for him. But he had an ending that I think would work, and I think would actually tie up some of the like weird plot holes in the movie of kayfabe. DDP wanted the ending of the movie to be they end at a bar. And it looks like Jimmy King and DDP are going to, like, you know, start fighting again. And then they hug because it's all kayfabe. And they tell Sean and Gordy, welcome to the business, brother. That could have worked. Yeah. That could have yeah, been cool. It could have worked. It was. <laughs> that could have been interesting. I like that. Yeah, it's one of those, like, okay, yeah, like, it could have I could have seen how it was done. Yeah, basically, like, no, no, they were, like, it, this was always the storyline and they just were, like, marks and didn't, you know, like. They didn't get it. I don't know. It, 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 it also has his holes of like, all right, why do you have to train with Sal Bandini? And right. Yada, yada, yada. Why did he run off in a motorhome? Yeah. It'd be different if like some of this was shown on screen. And for all we know, like some of it might have been, but I don't know. But Tell, don't show. Yeah. This was um, this a bad movie, man. Yes. <laughs> I, but it, not fun bad. I wanted this to be, honestly, I wanted it to be worse. No, it, it's a product of its time. And, like, not even in, like, a fun way. and just no. like, a, like, there's not necessarily dated humor as in, like, oh, reference to this. It's just, like... Things that aren't funny anymore. It's not funny anymore. Funny anymore. Yeah. yeah. And that's, like, one of the most damning things you hear about comedy. Just like, it's just not funny. No. I feel like we, like, we almost understated the amount of shit jokes in this. Like, there's so much poop humor. So much fart humor. Like, the farting nuns. Just, like... The feeling you need to be like, no, do you get this? The farting nuns. The nuns were farting. It's funnier if they're farting. It's wacky. Well, we did it. We was did it worth it. it, Nick? This is the only WCW movie Probably for ever. Better. I don't know how many more movies we'll do in the back of this. This episode went a lot longer than we thought it was going to. Yeah. We were like, this might go 20 minutes. We don't know. It did not. We always say that. And every time we say that, it's like, okay, three hours later. Emily, I am going to ask you for your best bit of the movie, your worst bit of the movie, and your MVP of the movie. It can be the character or the actor. So I give my MVP to Sean. The the character. The the character of Sean. Okay. He was the most fine. We were out of order, but I'm giving my MVP to, to Martin Landau. Sal Bandini? Uh, yes. I, I, God, man, I hope he got paid. I hope he got fucked. He's, he's way too good for this movie. <laughs> Emily, what was your best bit of the movie? Scene, whatever. The nun scene wasn't the worst. So I was like, eh, it's whatever, fine, sure. In terms of presentation and all that, I'll give it to the main event. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't feel like it. The, the movie ended flat in terms of that. Like, it felt like it built towards this and, you know, you get some fun cameos. You get some, like, well-shot well action. I mean, minus the scoop slam putting him through three cages, like, it felt like a wrestling match. Yeah, it did. It <laughs> felt like a typical overbooked WCW main event. Well, we're gonna see it soon. Alright, and we might agree on this, Emily, but what is the worst bit of the movie? I mean, it's all the humor. It's the jokes. Like, there's so many jokes that just didn't land. So many jokes that didn't age. <laughs> the worst bit of this comedy is the comedy. I mean, specifically, I, I specifically gave it to the police brutality jokes. They were a little bit few, few and far between, but they were strong when they happened. They were very strong. They weren't few. They were too. They were too frequent. I went a different direction. I gave my my worst bit 
to the entire character of Gordy. That's valid. Gordy is... Gordy sucks. Gordy's the worst part of this movie. Gordy is the worst character that's been written. Because I he also... Sucks. I also believe in the, in the universe of this movie... That Sean would not be as much of a sad fucking mark if it wasn't for Gordy. Yes. Sean probably has, like, a pretty substantial future if Gordy is not there holding Got him down. Got a cute-ass girlfriend in yeah. this. Who likes Sean wrestling? Sean actually has a good head on his shoulders. Yeah. No, Gordy sucks. It can't be stated enough. There was never a point in this movie where I was rooting for Gordy. And Emily, that's your future WWE champion. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's going to do it for the butts in the cinema. <laughs> This wasn't cinema. Martin, this was not Martin cinema. Martin Scorsese is just upset somewhere right now. Uh, next up is Reboot Nitro. <laughs> but until Reboot Nitro, you can listen to all of our back catalog of all the actual wrestling shows. Yeah, do you want to listen to our back catalog? <laughs> On Spotify, App Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, and uh, a few others. You can follow us on social media on Twitter, Instagram, and threads at Butts in the Pod and Facebook, the Butts Seats Podcast. I'm, I'm looking forward to doing a wrestling show again and WCW because because this is a you know a shit movie and before this was a very up and down WrestleMania. Yeah. Emily, are you ready to rumble? No, I'm ready to go to bed. <laughs> well, until we go to sleep, I guess. I'm Nick. <laughs> Emily, and thanks for being ready to rumble oh with God. the Butts of the Seas podcast. Bye. Oh no, Michael Buffer's gonna sue us. No. <laughs>